Bible News Radio. Yeah, I do. Hey, you know what? Tonight we're going to look at some interesting headlines of the day. We're going to look at some weird plagues that actually have hit America in the last 30 days. And I, I, I don't know about you, but they're kind of weird. <laughs> and when you hear them, you're going to go, ooh, this is so weird. But also, I'm going to share with you some other good news. I'm going to share with you some good news. So if you, uh, if you have some time, you want to hang out with us, we're going to be here for about an hour or so, give or take. And uh, we would love to have you join us. So do me a favor, share this out on whatever platform you're on. Uh, if you're on uh, Twitter, you can tweet it out. If you're on Facebook, you can share it out. If you're on YouTube, you can hit that like button and then make a comment so I know that you're there because uh, that's one of the benefits to doing this live. We do this live on purpose. Yeah, we do, because we like you. <laughs> I know, right? It's like the Mickey Mouse Club. M-I-C-K-E-Y. Why? Because I like you. <laughs> M-O-U-S-E. Yeah. If you're really old like me, then <laughs> then you remember that. Uh, yeah. So, let's talk, okay? And tonight... Um, I'm going to share with you a couple of thoughts about freedom. Uh, Sunday is July 4th. I don't think we're going to do a show July 4th because, you know, there's fireworks and stuff and those happen at night. And if we do a show, it might be during the day. Um, but uh, we will be doing a show tonight, obviously, tomorrow night. And um, my goal here tonight uh, is to encourage you. I really, 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 really want to encourage you because I think, I think, I think hearts need to be encouraged. I think, I think that, um, I, th I just think that's what I need to do. I've been thinking about this all day. I've been praying about it. Um, and I know a lot of you are wondering what the heck happened to you last weekend. I'm going to tell you, don't worry. Um, so just hold on a second here. I'm trying to find out if you're on YouTube so I can see you. There you go. All right. So you guys got to say hi. There's Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Nice to see you. All right. So I'm going to take off this headset so I no longer hear music in my head. Randall hears music in his head, though, when he isn't wearing a headset, just so you know. <laughs> All right. So the first thing I wanted to do is um, I want to share with you one of my favorite psalms and i'm not going to read the whole thing there there are a few things in this psalm i'm just going to pull out a couple of verses so randall you don't have to worry about bringing it up um but later if you want to read it it's psalm 68 um and i want to share this with you because <sighs> there's a lot going on in the world right i don't know how many of you um are like going, is this like literally the end of the world? <laughs> is this the end of the world? Yeah. You know, you look around, you see a lot of people who are hurting, right? Um, our, our country, I think, is in a situation where we're, we're, we're in a state, in a way of uh, aftershock. We're, we're, we're dealing with post-traumatic stress. I think a lot of us are. Uh, whether it's because of COVID, whether it's because of the pandemic, whether it's because, you know, the country's going socialism, you know, the, how the election was, the churches, how the churches have had to deal with stuff, you know, how business has had to deal with stuff. In the last two years, our lives have really been flipped upside down in many ways. And yet, and yet, at the same time, I think God is doing a big refining with his with his body with the remnant with with real believers um and i was thinking about this this morning um and and so i'm going to draw you a picture not literally because i'm not a good drawer but i'm, I'm going to draw you a little bit of a picture and hopefully uh you'll be able to see this in your mind okay so this year for me has been a year of, of loss, right? You guys know I lost my dad. Um, and my dad was old. He was 92, 92 years old. And in 
15 days, it would have been his 93rd birthday. Um, that's a long life to live. Not, I mean, it is. It's just, it's a long life. Um, last, and then a couple of days ago, we lost Krista Malley, who we, we talked about last time we did a show. She was young. She's in her 40s and left behind a daughter and a husband and a family. Uh, a lot of friends that loved her. And, and a lot of people are wondering why, you know, why, why, you know, how come? And then this past weekend, uh, Randall and I found out that a friend of ours at church committed suicide. And it was a guy who everybody in the community knew, everybody. And it's the, the typical thing, you know, nobody saw it coming. So, of course, the church I attend is in a state of shock. The pastor's in shock. Uh, the community is, is in shock. Because what do you do when somebody who's like a rock in the church all of a sudden is gone and they took, they took their own life? And what do you do? It's tough. It's tough. It's tough stuff, right? This is the stuff real stuff is made of. And yet, there is always hope. Always hope. One of my favorite Psalms is 68. Um, in verse 19, um, I memorized many years ago when I was in high school. It says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. The God who is our salvation. Selah. And, you know, I've, I've held on to that verse for years because I remember when I first read it that it didn't say, Blessed be the Lord God who yearly bears our burdens. No, blessed be the Lord God who once a decade bears our burdens or, or once a month or once a week. It said daily, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens, you know, and that's something to hold on to because, hey, you know what? What that means is that you don't have to bear your burden alone. And we see this in Galatians in the beginning where we're instructed by Paul to bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Well, how do you bear one another's burdens if you're not in community with people, if you isolate, if you, you don't share the truth about where you're really at? You know, something really dawned on me this week about, about asking to talk and asking for prayer. It's really easy to ask for prayer. Hey, anybody got a prayer request? Oh, yeah, I have a prayer request. Yeah. Um, okay, what's your prayer request? And usually people talk about other people when they give prayer requests. They never are really honest and say, oh, this is really what I'm struggling with. This is my prayer request. Um, but maybe you do get an honest person who, who gives the truth and, and they talk about what they need prayer for. And that's fine. But it's not enough. It's not enough. It's hard to ask to talk to people. Um, because so many, everybody's so busy. Nobody wants to bug anybody. Everybody feels like they're a burden if they do, right? If they, if they reach out, they're like, oh, I don't want to, oh, no. you know, that's why therapists exist. <laughs> if you want to talk to somebody, go pay somebody to listen to you. You know, I mean, unfortunately, it's sad but true, right? And yet the same psalm, uh, as I was praying about the show tonight, this verse came to my mind. Um... <laughs> And I'm trying to find it because I, I lost it. <laughs> um, but it says here in verse, which I should have I should have wrote it down, but that's all right. Um, why don't I just find it? Hold on a second, because I know what I want to say, but I really want to. There it is. Okay. In verse, well, in verse five, I'll begin with verse five. It says here, the Lord is a father to the fatherless and a judge for widows. Is God in his holy habitation? 
God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. And only the rebellious will dwell in a parched land. Okay, so let's go back and look at this a minute ago. So he is a father to the fatherless. And he brings justice for widows. Okay, so we know a couple of things here. We know there's fatherlessness. And we know there's widows, right? We know that women have been abandoned by death because of that. Could be the same people who happen to be the father of the children of that widow, for all we know. God is God in his holy habitation, but he also makes the home for the lonely. Or some other versions say he puts the lonely in families, right? And I know a lot of people. I know a lot of single people. I know a lot of disabled people. I know a lot of elderly people. I just know a lot of people. And a lot of people are very lonely. Uh, that, you know, the, the deception of social media is that we're connected. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie because if we were so connected, people wouldn't commit suicide, right? Because they often feel disenfranchised, like they're really not connected to anybody. Um, and so that's why, you know, having relationships in person is very important. Having a community of people around you where you live is very important. Um, you know, and also it's not easy, though, because a lot of people have this experience. Well, you know, I got hurt in church and blah, 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 blah. Okay, look, you know what? That's true. It's true. We have, we've all been hurt. But you know what? God allows us to heal from that hurt so that we can go and comfort somebody with the comfort with which we've been comforted. And I can tell you, honestly, in this last year for me, I have probably wept with more people in this past year than I have my whole life. You know, people are longing to be real. And yet there's a fear to that being real because we always have this thought, well, what will happen if they really see that I'm this way. But here's the thing, and don't forget this, and write it down so you don't forget it, okay? The unbelieving world will never be attracted to a perfect Christian. They're not going to be attracted to you if you got it all together. Because the unbelieving world has, is, they're, fall, they're, they're broken people. They're, they're people who are crushed. They're wounded. They're lost. They they're in the dark. They're grasping for reality, for hope. And I think we do the Lord a disservice when we pretend we're okay. Right? I do. I really think that we do the church, we do the body of Christ, we do the unsaved world. Uh, you know, we we do it a disservice when we're like pretending everything's okay. It's not. Everything isn't okay. It's not going to be okay, you know? And so the picture God gave me was of the potter and the clay. And, you know, we read about that in, in God's word, you know, that it says that he is the potter, we are the clay. But think about it. If, if you were God and you're not, but let's just say you were, and you were creating your human in his image, and you wanted to perfect them and make them the beautiful vessel that you have created only them to be. You're, you're taking your little chisels at times where the clay has gotten hard and you're, you're chiseling away some stuff to make it a little bit perfect. But then you got to wet it, right? You wet the clay again, you know, get spun, pushing down on it. Well, what hurts, you know, when you're getting something pushed down on, you know, sometimes a tear can come out, right? If you're, if you're having, you know, that pressure, right? God's conforming us. He's transforming us. He's making some of us vessels of honor. Some of us, you know, there are vessels of dishonor. The point is, is that he knows what he's doing. He looks from the outside and he can see the beautiful tapestry that he's creating in you, in me, in the community that we're in. And it's not always fun because part of that refining process isn't just the clay and 
the water and the pressure and the chiseling, but sometimes there's a lot of heat, right? Sometimes we're in that, that oven that's super hot, you know, and we're like, ah, <laughs> it's hot in here. That's most women in their menopause years, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, here we are, we're, we're like, ah, you know, but here's the thing. Then we get out. And God, sometimes he puts shellac on us, you know, and he's like, hey, look at that. That's awesome looking. And then we walk around and we're like, look at us. We're so awesome. <laughs> no, by the time he's done with us, he calls us home. He calls us home and he says to us, hopefully, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, sometimes God works on somebody from a young age to a younger age when he takes them home, like he did with Krista. Sometimes he takes longer, like he did with my dad. Right? None of us asked to be born. You know, God appointed the day that we're born. He appointed us to be who we are with the fingerprints that we have, with the character we have with all the life experiences that we have in order to make the impact that we're going to make in somebody else's life you're important you're valuable yeah you are you're one of a kind your laugh is only yours your your tears are yours everything about you is unique there's nothing or no one who is ever going to be like you even if you're an identical twin or anything like that because you're one of a kind, literally. And God made you for a purpose. And his purpose wasn't to glorify you. His purpose was to glorify him and everything that he gave us to do to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what? The world's looking for him. The world's looking for Jesus. And if you've been lucky enough to found him, to have found him, to be told the truth about who he is, and you've received him, like John 1.12 says, then you're a child of God. And you have a mission as an ambassador because your job, your life, is no longer your own. But it's his who purchased you. So that you could go out, you can be the hand to somebody who needs you. You can be the hug that somebody needs. You can be the tear that somebody else needs to see. You can be the joke, the laughter. You can be the listening ear, maybe the word of encouragement, you know, maybe sometimes even a gentle rebuke. You can be that person for the people that God puts in your life. You know, who you are, your, what you've gone through in your life, it's not a mistake. And it can't be wasted. Because you, you'll do the world a disservice by not sharing who Christ is with other people and what Jesus has done for you. You know, I, I taught this morning out of um, the Gimel stanza in Psalm 119. In, a, in, in the first verse of that, that stands it says deal bountifully with me O lord um um and and the psalmist was praying asking god to deal bountifully with him to basically be really super nice i mean that's really very <laughs> very simple vernacular for that but but like like please be super great and nice to me uh oh lord because i want to live a long life that's very that's like a condensed version of that verse but but he was looking for the good. He wanted God to bless him with good stuff. And so here's your action step for that. I want to just encourage you. Think about the good stuff that you have in your life. And I'm not, I'm not telling you to be grateful just to pretend you're grateful. Like, hey, today I'm grateful for, you know, my toothbrush. Or, hey, today I'm grateful for water. Or I'm grateful for my TV or whatever. Nothing like that. Rather, look for the characteristics in people and and look for the character that you know things attached to humanity humanity things that you could store up in heaven not here on earth right the treasures you store up in heaven look for those things look for god in everyday things 
and and see then if he isn't dealing bountifully with you because i guarantee you if you take that shift you're gonna see it i saw it today god did something very special for me today actually a couple couple of things and um you know and it's a very humbling thing and that's what i want you to think about i want you to consider humility <clears throat> and consider how god loves you so much and that should humble you right because you're not great none of us are great but we're valuable but we're not like all that in a bag of chips like we like the world likes to say hey you know just say i'm the great i am you know you're not you're not you're fearfully and wonderfully made you're created in god's image you're loved and you're a servant and an ambassador if you're a child of the king so go forth with that idea today as you think about it all right and pray for those who are grieving weep with those who weep because i'm going to tell you something that is a holy moment when you do that rejoice with somebody who needs rejoicing with because that is also a holy moment when you do that and look for the holy moments i had a holy moment this week with a uh with my therapist actually she's a good friend of mine and um she sat for in, in two minutes in this session she she spoke over me some words and uh I looked at her in the eye as she said all that stuff and I was like okay and I shut off the computer afterwards and I thought to myself 30 years ago I would have been like this I wouldn't have held my head high at all not that that was a proud thing but I wouldn't have had the intimacy with her that I had a couple of days ago so look for the holy moments and if you don't have those holy moments in your life consider where they might become in your in your future because god's there he is there he loves you he cares about you he is your good shepherd and uh he wants to have those moments with you and the best way you're going to get those moments is if you're in his word right and so don't never forget draw near to god and he'll draw near to you in his word don't don't set aside the the prophets of the day and open his word and god will speak to you directly in his word that's where you're going to find freedom right and i will share this verse one of my favorite verses is galatians 5 1. it says it is for freedom that christ has set us free stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery now i can go into a whole teaching on the whole idea of freedom and slavery freedom from sin and all this other stuff um, but remember that you were not set free until christ set you free he is the one that sets you free nobody else and so your focus needs to go back on jesus because he's the one that has the key to set us all free, right? I mean, we're going to be celebrating Independence Day in a couple of days, but there's nothing more freeing than having your sin forgiven, right? Having a clean conscience, being buried with Christ, being raised to walk in newness of life with him, and then living your life for him as a bond servant to him on your way home to a glorious kingdom where you'll get to serve with him forever and ever and where by the way what this world treasures here gold you'll walk on in heaven that was something else that hit me this week was just the idea that what we treasure here on earth are the riches the gold the glitz all that stuff and yet in heaven something like gold will be the street we walk on that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Think about that for a while. I think I think your perspective on what's important here might change when you consider how how unimportant it is where we're going. 
It's very unimportant up there. What's most important is who we're bringing with us. And never forget that there is a spiritual war. The devil doesn't like you. He hates you because you're the only thing that he made and got God made in his image. And so the devil will do everything he can to make sure he turns his, you know, turns, he's turning you away from looking where you need to be looking. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith, right? And also fix your eyes on Jesus because of the joy that's set before you as it was him when he endured the cross for our sin. I used to be a lifeguard and in my training one of the things that I learned was I learned to jump into a pool fully clothed and to be able to jump into the water fully clothed without my head going underneath. And part of the part of how you do that is you do a scissors kick in any way and you go like this you pull your arms in front of you and do your scissors kick and then you keep yourself above water and you keep your eyes fixed on the victim as you're swimming because if you lose that connection you you can lose course and you can also lose the victim that you're trying to save that's who we are we have to fix our eyes on jesus as we run that race right and if we veer to the right or to the left and we get distracted that's when we get hurt and the Lord doesn't want us to be hurt. He wants us to be safe and secure. So if you needed to hear that, there you go. All right. So let's go ahead and look at some of our uh, news news of the, the week. Um, so a friend of mine pointed me to this story earlier this week, but I didn't read it until later today. And it, it's actually over on ChristianHeadlines.com. It's titled David Jeremiah, Ex-Vangelical uh, Phenomena Could Be the Beginning Stages of End Times. Now, th this is interesting because um, if you've looked at the headlines for any length of time, then you know that this stuff has been going on. But so Pastor and author David Jeremiah says the departure of prominent Christians from the faith isn't a new phenomena, although he warns it could be the beginning stages of a, quote, major wave of defections from the church during the end times. Uh, Jeremiah, the pastor of Shadow Mountain Community Church in El Cajon, California, discussed the subject of ex-evangelicals on Sunday uh, as he began a new sermon series titled, uh, Where Do We Go? From here, how tomorrow's prophecies foreshadow today's problems. According to the Bible, spiritual deception will cause many to fall away from Christ in the days leading up to the end times. Uh, he quoted First uh, Timothy 4, 1 and 2, which says in part that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. He began the sermon by quoting a prominent author and former pastor, Joshua Harris, although Jeremiah didn't mention him by name. Harris, the best-selling author of I Kissed Dating Goodbye, said in 2019 he no longer considers himself a Christian. Such a story cuts me to the heart, Jeremiah shared, but unfortunately, it's not the only one. Deserting the faith also is not new, he added, noting that Demas... I don't know if I'm saying that right. A New Testament figure mentioned in 2 Timothy 4.10 abandoned Paul because he loved the world. Jeremiah quoted 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1, 2, and 3 and said a major specific recognizable departure from the faith will occur during the tribulation. What we're experiencing right now could be the beginning stages of that, Jeremiah warned. The Bible, he added, prophecies that before Jesus comes back, there's going to be like a defection from the church. Before he comes back, there will be a gradual lessening of interest in the things of the Lord, the pastor noted. The rapture can happen at any time, but what we know from the Bible is as soon as the church goes up, seven years of all hell breaks loose on earth, called the tribulation period, and it lasts for seven years. And let's suppose that the falling away doesn't take place until halfway through. What that means is if the rapture could happen any time, we might just be three and a half years away from the falling away, Jeremiah said. 
I'm not saying that's going to happen, he continued. I mean, the Lord may not come back for a long time, but the Bible says we should be ready at all times. According to 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, there will be incredible demonic forces operating in the world as we draw near to the coming of Christ, and there will be a lot of deceiving going on. How many of you know there's a lot of deceiving going on in religious things now? If you don't know that, just, just, I hate to say it, watch religious television and you'll see it. First Timothy 4, 1-2, Jeremiah, Jeremiah noted, warns the false teachers who traffic in lies and hypocrisy and who lead others from the faith. Apostasy, he continued, is not something that happens to you out of the blue. It is, he said, a choice. Jeremiah then listed three ways Christians can make sure that we are never among those who fall away. First, Christians should examine themselves to ensure that they are truly saved. Jeremiah quoted 2 Corinthians 13.5. The most important thing you can do in response to this message is to make sure that you are truly a Christian. You are not a Christian just because you grew up in, in the church. You are not a Christian just because your parents are Christians. You are not a Christian because you've lived a good life. Second, Christians should encourage themselves in the faith. Learn how to take care of yourself in the word of God, he added. Learn how to take care of yourself in building up your most holy faith. It's good to have people help you. It's wonderful to be in a small group where somebody encourages you, but that's not always going to happen. So you better learn how to take care of yourself. And I will just add here, one of the biggest blessings to me in this last year has been uh, the small groups that we've been in, God Time Together. And, you know, if you're you're not familiar with that, um, basically the idea be behind that is that um, it's Bible reading accountability. Meet with other people, talk about where you're reading in the Bible. Then you go read the Bible together, but separately. <laughs> And then, and then you come back and you talk about what you got out of the Bible. Um, you know, it's funny. Some people I've tried to tell about this locally, they're like, oh, you mean a Bible study? And I'm like, no, it's not a Bible study. <laughs> it's not. It's actually not a Bible study. Uh, but it's a Bible dis discussion as you read through the Bible. I mean, um, I was challenged to read through the Bible. I haven't done that in a long time. And most of my friends haven't either. Um, and I can tell you as of today, I have, I think, 14 more books of the Bible this year I need to read. And then I will have read the whole Bible since the beginning of this year. Um, you know, um, it, and it's just, it takes 12 minutes a day and you can read the Bible in a year. That's it. Right. So it's not a lot, it's not a lot, a lot of time, but a lot of people don't do it. And so part of what I've done, part of what Pam Gillespie's done part of what um, New Hope Church has done up in Illinois is put together these groups where if you need help and accountability in the Bible, then join them, join these groups and, and meet other people who are doing the same thing. I'm going to tell you something this morning when I was teaching the study, it was with my friends that I was doing that with. And afterwards I was, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, how cool is that? that at 7.30 in the morning, I think there were seven of us this morning in my group, including me, seven, seven people, seven women, different states, on a Zoom call, studying God's word at 7.30 in the morning. I don't know about you, but that is cool to me. I mean, that is so cool. Because people always say, oh, I don't have time for anything. Well, I'll tell you something. Some of these women work like I do, right? They get up early. They change their schedule so they can be there. They make it a priority, and it has to be a priority. If you don't make your Bible reading and your relationship with God a priority, you're not going to have it. It's the bottom line. You're just not going to have it. You're going to be weak. Uh, you're you're going to be easily led astray. You're going to be unprotected spiritually if you don't make that time. And I know that God is doing a work with his remnant. And I, I, there's nothing that brings me more joy except maybe chocolate sometimes. <laughs> Just kidding. Has to be the right type of chocolate. Um, than seeing people reading the word of God. I mean, it's the coolest thing ever. 
to, to, to read the Bible and then people are in it and then you get to look at it and you're like, oh, you know, and you see this, you see that and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. And, and then you're like, you can't wait to tell somebody. And you're like, hey, did you see that in that thing? Did you see something over there I didn't see? And that's what's so cool about God time together is that you, you, you know, you're, you're eating spiritually, but other people are, are getting what you're eating if you share and then they share and you're like, ah, oh, this is like a, you know, a 20 course meal. Because you're you're thinking on these things, you're really applying and being in the word. It's a it's a it's amazing. It's a great thing, and I wish it for all of you out there. If you're not in it, get in touch with me. I'll get you in a group. <sighs> all right, sorry about that part. I got a little excited. <laughs> um, this article goes on to say, third Christians should exercise themselves in the faith," uh, which is quoted in First Timothy four. If you want to stay confident and strong in your faith, it's important that you keep growing in your faith. Stagnant faith is the devil's playground. Stagnant faith is the devil's playground. Don't miss that. Okay. Now, here's the other thing. Apparently, in the last 30 days, there have been five bizarre plagues that have hit America. And maybe some of you have heard about this. This is um, over on prophecynewswatch.com. Um, and this is, this is a little bit unsettling. So it says here, everywhere you look, things are getting weird. And I don't mean that in a good way through, throughout all of our ups and downs over the decades. One thing that our society could always count on for a certain degree of consistency was nature, but now nature is going haywire at the same time that the very fabric of our society seems to be unraveling all around us. Uh, and by the way, just so you know, I am aware of what's going on. You know, I do look at the headlines and I, I realize that there is a, you know, building that collapsed in Miami. There, I mean, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but, you know, kind of the focus here we're trying to do is bring people the news so that we can tie it back to Christ and the good news. Um, you know, because you could, you could get so sucked into looking at all that stuff that you, you never look at God's word. So we're trying to keep you focused in that. In this article, he goes on to say, I'm going to share with you a number of items that have been brought to my attention over the, the past month. On their own, each one of these seems unusual. The fact that so many really strange things are happening simultaneously is definitely a cause for alarm. In this article, I'm not even going to bring in stories from the rest of the, the globe. For example, right now, a horrific plague of mice is causing massive problems in Australia. Perhaps I'll talk about that in a future article, but in this one, I'm just going to focus on this country, meaning America. So listen to this. Number one, a plague of rattlesnakes. The endless mega drought in our Western states is having a lot of unexpected consequences, and this includes a plague of rattlesnakes. According to the Daily Mail, rattlesnakes have been moving into urban areas in California in large numbers because of the exceedingly dry conditions. Much of the U.S. West is currently undergoing a record heat wave and its worst drought in at least 20 years, with temperatures soaring into the triple digits this weekend, and wildlife experts are saying the extreme weather is creating the perfect conditions for increased interactions between humans and animals. Rattlesnakes in particular have been seen moving into urban areas in larger numbers and are being found on porches, yards, nearby pools, and under children's play equipment. Juan Ramirez catches rattlesnakes for a living, and he says that they're being found everywhere at this point. Uh, and um, anyway, he goes on and he talks more about that. I'm just going to, because this is a long article. Okay, so rattlesnakes are number one. Okay, number two, a plague of grasshoppers. The mega drought in our western states has also created a plague of grasshoppers. Um, it turns out that the little critters absolutely love hot, dry conditions, and they have been multiplying like crazy. Federal officials are extremely concerned, and they're gearing up for their largest grasshopper killing campaign since the 1980s. A punishing drought in the U.S. West is drying up waterways, sparking wildfires, and leaving farmers scrambling for water. Okay, so grasshoppers. Now, I don't know about you, but grasshoppers are, um, well, they're... They're interesting looking little creatures, but I don't know that I would like to be around grasshoppers, just so you know. <laughs> Number three, this one, this one, this one breaks my heart too. 
birds dropping dead in very large numbers. If you know me, you know I love birds. I have two, three bird feeders on my window. I look at my window, it's my happy place. Cardinals come up and doves. I recently had a um, mockingbird come and visit, which is so cool, this mockingbird. Um, and, you know, the tufted tiff mouse comes up occasionally and sometimes the grackles and I get little finches. I, get, I just get this motley. Like I have a lot of birds that come to my house. They love my house. They love the, the bird food. Um, but this says here, as I discussed last week, birds are suddenly dropping dead in very large numbers in multiple U.S. states. In Indiana, unusual bird deaths have now been reported in 15 different counties and authorities have absolutely no idea why this is happening. The Department of Natural Resources warns that songbirds have now died in 15 counties across Indiana and more across the region. I've never seen them exhibit the gooey eyes and crustiness in addition to the neurological symptoms, Allison Gillette, DNR ornithologist said. Gillette says she's getting reports of nearly a dozen songbirds a week. In the last month, she says that they've had at least 100 reports and no one knows exactly what's causing it. In addition to Indiana, large numbers of birds are also dropping dead in Washington, D.C., Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Kentucky, and Ohio. So that's like Indiana, Washington, D.C., Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Kentucky, Ohio. That's seven states. That's a lot. Fortunately, it doesn't say Tennessee. I would be totally crushed if there was some dropping dead around here. That would not be, that would be not, that would, that wouldn't be cool at all. Number four, unprecedented flooding in Detroit, Michigan. So it says here, a massive storm last Friday turned I-94 into a lake and caused horrific flooding in both Detroit and Dearborn. Many areas remain underwater as I write this article and police are warning people not to play in the water because there's a good chance that it contains raw sewage. Historic rainfall on Friday caused power outages in Metro Detroit. At least 1,000 cars abandoned as highways filled up with water and countless flooded residential basements in the area. 1,000 cars. That's a lot. That's a lot. The flooding produced more viral videos, including one showing a man jet skiing down the street in Dearborn, as well as a surreal image of people playing in a flooded part of a highway as if it were a beach on one of the Great Lakes, prompting an even more surreal tweet from Michigan State Police. Finally, in the things I would never thought I would have to say, do not go into the water, an MSP officer tweeted. This water has debris, sharp metals, submerged cars, gasoline, and oil floating in it. There's also a good chance that there's sewage also in the water. In other words, it's gross. So... And then number five, the worst heat wave to ever hit the Northwest. We have just seen the highest temperature that has ever been recorded in the city of Portland. The same thing is true for Seattle. And the same thing is true for dozens of other cities in the Northwest. In fact, the little community of Lytton? I think it's Lytton. Lytton? Okay. In British Columbia, actually just recorded the hottest temperature in the history of Canada. This unprecedented heat wave is being caused by an absolutely massive heat dome. And CBS News meteorologist Jeff Berardelli says that there is only a 1 in 10,000 plus chance, chance that something like this could happen. Unfortunately, this heat dome looks like it's going to be around for a while. There is no timetable for how long a heat dome can last, but things won't immediately cool down in much of the Pacific Northwest. Forecasts have inland areas such as Spokane, Washington, yeah. Spokane, Washington, and Boise, Idaho, reaching triple-digit temperatures for the rest of the week. Um, yeah. So then this guy says, why are so many crazy things happening to the United States all at the same time? And then he says, I don't know. But I do believe that our nation has entered a time of tremendous instability, and I believe that it's going to get a whole lot worse. The stable conditions of the last several decades are disappearing, and I believe that we have now entered an era when global events are going to get really wild. Unfortunately, most Americans are still anticipating that things will get back to the way they were in the old days, but at this point, the old days are gone for good. 
I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but what I will tell you is that I agree. I think that I think America is under God's judgment. Okay. I've said this for a long time on so many levels. There's so many reasons. Um, and I had a lot of different things go through my mind as I was thinking about this. Is that better? <laughs> Don't need to block your mouth. Huh? But it sounds better. It sounds better. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, you know, how do we respond to this? Randall has that answer. <laughs> so, I need a drink of water, people. So let, let Randall, what, what do you have to say? Um, I have to say that it's, I got to get myself centered in the tiny little window here. There you are. Um, and then I've, it sounds like, I don't know, I'm hearing a little bit of breaking up, but anyway. You want me to turn it down some? Um, nah, just stay with that, and I'll try to not speak so loudly. I'll keep it low. Burr. And by the way, I see eight people over on YouTube. For our songs in the night broadcast. I see Forrest and Natasha and Tracy, and I don't know who else is watching, but hey, if you want to let me know, just say hi, and we'll say hi back. I'll just do the FM late night radio DJ voice. Um, no. Um, yeah, these are some crazy things, especially the things stood out to me the most is the, is the temperatures in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, these are the highest temperatures, not in, in decades, not in a century, but ever, ever, ever recorded that anyone has ever known in human history. Wow. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I did uh, not know that. I mean, it says as much in the article, in, ever, like like the highest temperature in Canada ever recorded <laughs> in British Columbia. And in you know, Portland and Seattle, they've, there's nowhere on record of these triple-digit triple digit temperatures. And, you know, a lot of bird, people would say the birds is due to 5G and that's what's happening to them. Um, Could be. I don't know, but uh, I think all these things happening or at once, you know, I'm not going to be a prophet of doom or whatever, or set dates or anything like that, but I, th I think the author is right in that there are, you know, things are coming undone, and I think they're just the birth pangs, uh, to borrow uh, language from Matthew chapter 24, that... Um, yeah, oh, it's weird. Okay. Same. I turned down the volume so it's not staticky over here. Okay. All right. But it seems like the mic level's still the same. I didn't change it. Okay. That's good. All right. Um, anyway, so I, I think I think they're, we should take them as warnings anyway. That, you know, we're so used to things being same old, same old. You know, the, the sun will continue to rise and the oceans will, you know, the ocean tides will continue. I know that from Jeremiah 31. Um, I mean, the sun, moon, the ocean waves, those are going to continue. Uh, but uh, there's no guarantee of uh, birds or grasshoppers or rattlesnakes or, you know, weather, what it will be. And so... You know, I look biblically, every time there's been drought, it has been because of disobedience and God's severe mercy trying to get the attention of his people. And um, and when there have been grasshoppers, you know, I think of locusts, you know, mm -hmm. uh, similar things, um, and they're, they should get us our eyes off of the natural and onto the supernatural. Because you, know, you look at Romans chapter 1 and the things that man worships, you know, because they don't like to maintain God in their conscience. They make images of, you know, four-footed bees and birds and <laughs> reptiles, crawling things, and, and, and like unto man, you know, put up celebrities and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, whether you're a sun lover, a tree hugger, or whatever, you know, people look at the creation and worship the creation more than the creator. Uh, 
who's blessed forever. Oh, Sharon's there too. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for coming in. And one way that I think that God uses to kind of shake things up and get our eyes off of the creation and turn the creator is is by creation not behaving, which is groaning anyway, which is under a curse since the fall. Um, but even more so as, as time goes on. Yeah. Kind of a, a long-winded answer that was that I chose to get distracted with <laughs> the audio issues, but there you have it. That's my tag. Okay. So what is our takeaway from all this, right? Um, you know, what is your takeaway when you hear that, you know, these things are happening, right? We talked a little bit about tonight about, about different things and ways that we can encourage one another, um, what, how God is conforming us and transforming us into his image. And then we looked at, um, you know, uh, different things going on in the news, you know, what's your takeaway? How are you going to live out your faith in a culture, um, that's looking everywhere, but to Jesus for the answer, right? That's a question. It's not rhetorical. Feel free to leave a comment if you're listening, um, because Jesus is the answer. And the more you read the word of God, the, the, this is the interesting thing about reading the word in, the, in its entirety, right? Is that you'll see all throughout history, especially in the Old Testament, that there was this war between the people of God, um, worshiping gods of stone, wood, hay, stubble, gold, whatever, versus the one true living God. Right, they 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 made all these gods in their own image. Aaron, for crying out loud, <laughs> you know, he 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 made a golden calf, because <laughs> he couldn't wait for Moses to come off the mountain. Just saying, you know, he knew better, but he did it anyway. Um, and we're prone, we're prone to wander away from the gospel. Which is why we need to have the gospel in us, and I and I really have to encourage you. And I, and I know that you know some of you are like, oh, I can't do this. No, I can never do this. You gotta memorize God's word. I don't care how old you are. You can memorize God's word. Okay. And I, I really, really want to encourage you to do that. Right? It doesn't have to be the whole Psalm 119 uh, like I'm trying to do, but take something, you know, start with Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you know, or Psalm 1, which is a great, a great Psalm that's six verses, you can memorize that one little verse at a time, hide God's word in your heart, because it's that is how you're going to stand against the enemy. And when Jesus was tempted, that was that that was what he that's how he defended himself. You know, he could have called down angels and zapped Satan on the spot if he wanted to, but he didn't, right? His defense was God's word, you know? And if you're, you're, if you're not armed with the word of God, you're, you're, you're defenseless. You know, we have to put on our armor. Yeah, and honestly, I used to get so irritated in the, um, when I went, when I tended the vineyard many years ago, I'd be so irritated, right? Because it'd be like, oh, we're going to worship, we're going to do doing all this other stuff. And it's all emotional and, oh, it felt good. But where was the discipleship? Where is the, you know, hiding God's word in your heart? This is where the rubber meets the road. And this is why it's really hard for American Christians, because we're not under persecution yet, not like the Chinese church or the North Koreans are. You know, uh, I can tell you from my time writing about Christian persecution that one of the things that, uh, that, that you'll end up doing if you're in the Chinese underground church is you'll be in jail for your faith first before they let you in. Because they want to, they want to, they 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 are trying to protect the church that's why they have it hidden underground right 
So if you suffer for your faith, that's kind of an indicator you actually have faith, right? Um, people, I know missionaries personally who have memorized God's word. They've gone into these countries as teachers to teach English and they teach these people the Bible without bringing a Bible into the country because they have it memorized. If you have the word hidden in your heart and your mind, nobody will ever be able to take it from you. And it's everlasting. It's forever. When we pass from this side to that side, that word is going to be in us still, I believe. And um, it's, it's amazing. I just cannot encourage you enough. I can't, I really can't. If I could spend an hour with each one of you every day, just going through whatever passage you wanted to study, I would wholeheartedly do that to help you out. In fact, I might just set something up to do that because it's that important. And the problem is, is that we tell people what to do, but we rarely show them what to do. You know, Jesus told people what to do, but then he showed them. He's like, okay, hey, hey, I'm going to feed these people. So, you know, I'm going to feed them. Now watch, guys. Watch what I do. And then he's like, here, now it's your turn. You do it. Right? So, um, you know, we're supposed to follow Jesus and do what he's doing. And when we do that, we will, we will bear good fruit. But I guarantee you, most believers are not bearing any fruit. There's nothing. There's no fruit producing, you know, that's consistent with producing repentance because people aren't talking about their sin because a big part of the church is embracing sin, calling it good when God calls it an abomination. And that's tough. You know, it's completely countercultural to be in the word of God as a Christian. Completely. You are a weirdo if you are. You know, um, and I don't know about you, but I like hanging out with weirdos that are in God's word. Just saying. <laughs> uh, I would rather hang out with, with five weirdos in God's word than a hundred people who say they're a Christian and they have nothing to prove it. You know, because it's like, where's that? I mean, where's the encouragement in that? There isn't. That's We can't offer hope to people unless we know where the hope is and we, we're in that relationship with them. So um, so be encouraged. And, and here's the other thing I want to say, too. And um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I will just be direct about it. Here's the other thing. Stop playing games. Okay? Some of you out there, you play games. And you pretend you're a Christian, you, you pretend you're in community, you, you pretend stuff, but you're, you're living your life as a, in a lie because you're not willing to get the help you need, number one, to get healthy, and number two, um, in the long run, God knows. And people will call you out if they see it. Most people won't call you out. I will. I try to do it in a nice way. But you got to knock it off. And I'm trying to remember who it was I heard initially say that. But it was somebody, uh, some, maybe it was Paul Washer many years ago. I don't remember. It was somebody that I, that I heard basically say, you know, stop pretending. You know, if, if you're pretending you're a Christian and you're playing the game, then you may as well just walk away and go somewhere else. Right? I mean, because it's stupid. You know, if you, if you don't want to be wholeheartedly committed to Christ, don't be committed at all. Because he isn't looking for half-hearted devotion. He's not. He's looking for wholehearted devotion. But if you're a sincere disciple and you're wholeheartedly committed or you're pursuing in that direction, then drag some other people with you and begin to walk out the spiritual disciplines that he's called us and commanded us to follow. Right? That's tough. And the underlying way to do that is with accountability. And let's just face it, nobody likes to be accountable because that means you got to do something. You, just like James said, the brother of James, you know, he was pretty outspoken. He said a lot of things people didn't like. I'm sure I love him personally. I think he's great. But he said not to be merely a hearer of the word, but to be a doer. 
And so if you're just listening, gobbling up stuff, hanging out with people, pretending you're a Christian, you're goofing off, connecting with people online, living in a fantasy world, uh, because this is the only world you, you live in because you're too afraid to connect, then I would encourage you to knock it off because I'd be really wondering if you're really saved or not. You know, you need to connect locally with people and, and you need to be connected with Christ personally and not play games. Your eternity is at stake. It's nothing to, it's, it's nothing to play with. So just think about it. All right. If you like our show and you'd like to support us, remember that our goal here is to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time. And that's of course the Bible verse, um, our nonprofit Heart Tug International oversees this ministry and, you know, you can joyfully give a donation over at BibleNewsRadio.com. Over there, whatever God lays on your heart, uh, Randall and I would appreciate it if you're being ministered to by this show. And um, with that said, just want to say thank you uh, for watching, tuning in, appreciate it, and um, let other people know about it. And we'll see some of you later, and we'll see you all tomorrow, whoever shows up. And don't forget, we're also on Anchor. You can listen to the podcast over there. And also, you can subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and also over on iTunes and other places as well. So check that out, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.